Thank you so much. What an honor to be here tonight. We are family. And, you know, tonight, the Wednesday night before Christmas, I mean, this is like a big deal that you're here. So I want to applaud you because you have come and you have been, you are coming hungry. And I believe that God has a word. This is not that we're just here to fill time, but he's put a word in my belly. And I believe that he's going to move upon your hearts and your minds tonight. And you're not going to leave the same way that you came in. Yes, so before I get started, I do want to take the time really quick just to honor those where honor is due. And first, I know that our pastors, Kevin and Devin, are not here, but I do want to honor them because we do have the best pastors in the world. And I feel like it's such an honor to even be a daughter of this house and under their leadership. They truly speak into sons and daughters. They believe in the calling that's on their lives. And so I just want to honor them. I want to honor our worship department and Pastor Jojo and Tobin. We are so blessed to have the most incredible worship team, and they constantly just lead us into the throne room of heaven. And so I honor all of you guys. I want to honor Pastor Chris and Pastor Crystal. My heart, that they literally are just incredible. I honor the mantle and the glory that you carry and all the work that you do for the kingdom. And I can't let this go by without honoring my RSM family. I absolutely, absolutely love all of you. I honor the anointing and the calling. You are world changers. And we are led by the most incredible leadership. Pastor Rick, Pastor Carolyn, Pastor Autumn, Pastor Wilmari. I am so humbled and honored to be and do life with each and every one of you. And then last but not least, I honor my husband, Ryan. <laughs> I love you. We have five children. Our oldest, Cortland, and our youngest, John Ryan, they're in the house tonight, and it's an honor. So, anyways, uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. As we are standing, we're going to turn to our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And I'm going to speak to you tonight just a little bit on the words that God put in my spirit titled, Rip the Lid Off, for Your Miracle Awaits Inside. So, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. And from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. If you will stretch your hand towards me, and I'm going to stretch my hand towards you, and let's just pray and behold the Lamb of God tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before you because we are hungry. God, we didn't come here, Lord, for each other, but we came, God, Lord, to behold the Lamb of God, the one, Lord God, in which this season, Father, Lord, and every season, God, Lord, is dedicated to. So, Father, tonight, I pray, Lord God, that you would rip the lids off, Father, for we know, God, Lord, that our our miracle, God, Lord, awaits inside this place tonight. Father, I ask for a coal from your altar to cleanse my lips. Lord, 
purify me and not let me speak one word, God, Lord, that you would not have me say. I pray, Lord God, that you would open up the hearts and the minds of your people. And Lord, that we would hear you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. I love this time of year. It honestly is one of my favorite times of the year. I love everything that has to do with Christmas. I love the decorations. I love the music. I love the family gatherings. I really love the shopping, so we might just need to all of of a sudden, you know, lay our hands towards uh, my husband because I struggle with that one. So (laughs) I love everything about Christmas, and the thing that I love the most are all the lights. I love how on just a dark winter cold night, you can be driving and all the lights, the Christmas lights are so beautiful and they just illuminate the streets. And it truly reminds me of Jesus, how he is the light of the world, how he is the light in the darkness. And so when we read Isaiah 6 or Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, the words that the prophet Isaiah spoke, they didn't come at the time like what we're used to seeing them now on a cover of a warm greeting Christmas card. He actually prophesied those words in a very dark and rebellious time of the children of God. They had rejected the ways of the Lord time and time again. And the prophet Isaiah was saying, hold on, repent, come back, because hope is on the way. But see, in order to understand verse 6 and 7, we actually have to back up a little bit to chapter 9, verse 1. And it reads this, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. See, in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan. Isaiah was trying to help the people remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. He said, in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali. So why is that important? Because land, especially in the Bible times, was extremely important. The 12 tribes all had land given to them, and they were marked by territories. So then people knew this is the land of Judah, this is the land of Zebulun, this is the land of Dan. They all knew where their boundaries were and what belonged to them. So the Lord says that he humbled the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali. And so... To understand that, we have to go back to Judges chapter 4. And it's a very familiar passage. It's a story, actually one of my favorites. And it's of how God delivered the children of Israel with Deborah, who was the judge and the prophet, Barak, who was the commander of the army and actually a native of the land of Naphtali, and then Jael, the tent maker. And so we all know the story. God says, God says to Deborah, I want you to tell Barak to send 10,000 men up to the Mount of Tabor, and I'm going to lead the 
people who, the army of King Jabin, up into your hands. And there Barak said, I will go if you go. But if you don't go, I will not go. And Deborah said, certainly I will go. But because of this path that you are choosing, God will not honor you. Instead, he will deliver the hands of the Israel or uh, the deliver the hands of the army into the hands of a woman. And so God is faithful in his part. And when he routes the army into the hands of Barak and Deborah, the arm, the leader of the army, he runs on foot and he runs straight into the path of the tent that belonged to JL. And JL was a woman that no one was expecting. She was a woman that had weapons in her hands that no one was expecting the Lord to use. But when the commander came into the tent, she lured, she brought him in. She welcomed him in with her hospitality. She gave him milk. She put him to sleep. And then she drove what she knew, her tent peg, through his temple, and it killed him. And the Lord delivered the children of Israel with the unexpected. Look at your neighbor and say, rip the lid off. Because God's getting ready to move in unexpected ways. Amen. So from there, I'm sorry, my notes, let me get in order really quick. So when we keep reading Isaiah 9 and 1, the second sentence says, But in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan. The word beyond jumps out at the page at me. The definition of beyond means at or to the further side of. It is happening or continuing after. It's a quality surpassing that which was expressed. God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are greater and his thoughts are higher. And the prophet Isaiah actually did not even see all the prophecies that he prophesied about coming to pass. In fact, he actually died looking like a false prophet because he was the prophet that was used the most to prophesy about Jesus. And he never saw it with his own eyes. But then we see after after Isaiah, we see all the other prophets that, that the Lord used in the Old Testament. We see Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Amos, Joel. And then, you know, Haggai. And then we finally get to Malachi. And after Malachi, 400 years of silence. It was like the heavens just seemed to be closed. There was not a prophet, a voice of a prophet that was raised. There was not one voice from heaven that came down. So they heard the prophecy that a son was coming. They knew that he had humbled the land and that the sea, that, that he was going to make a way for the Sea of Galilee and the way by the sea. But 400 years, 400 years. And during this time, during this time, the, um, a new array of religious authorities and religious supreme courts came into the picture. And it was at that time that God looked and he said... It's time. It's time now. 
It's time for Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. It's time to go beyond the Jordan. And it's time for the child to be born. It's time for the son to be given. It's time for the government to be on his shoulders. It's time for him to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's time for the greatness of his government and peace to have no end. It is time for him to reign on David's throne over his kingdom. It's time for him to... to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness for this time on forever. It is time to go beyond the Jordan. It is time to rip off the lid for your miracle awaits inside. So God brought the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into this world through a virgin named Mary who conceived the child through the Holy Spirit. And as she's getting ready to give birth, they are trying to find a place that will open the doors for him. And all they hear is no room, no room. God says, that's okay, because I actually have a piece of land territory, if you will, that I have marked for his birth. And it's in the town of Bethlehem. And that land is actually where I called your great, 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 great grandfather, David, uh, to be king of all Israel. And see, that spot has legacy for your family. And that ground was actually being prepped by the worship and praise that David gave to me as he was looking over the sheep. But see, that land was actually marked for this pure and spotless lamb to be born. And so God moved beyond the no room, and he moved beyond, and he marked the room. And then he goes beyond the way that everyone thought that a king should be raised. Because Jesus was not raised in a palace. He was raised by a carpenter. And the carpenter taught his holy hands how to work with wood and build things. Jesus knowing that that would be the material that his holy hands and his holy feet would be nailed to for his kingdom purpose of coming to this earth. He went beyond as he grew in wisdom and in stature with the favor of God and with man on his life. He stepped into his 30s and was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He then went beyond as the heavens opened up. And the voice of God said, this is my son in who I am well pleased. And the dove rested on his shoulder. And then he was led into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness to pray, to fast, and to be tempted by the enemy. But he went beyond what Satan tried to bring up against him. And he reminded him of the truth and the authority of God's word. He went beyond Galilee of the nations. He started calling his disciples and making them fisher of men. He went beyond the way of the sea, which was the lifeline and the trade route, to start ripping off lids and performing miracle signs and wonders that no one has ever seen before. And then he goes beyond the Jordan to a little town called Capernaum. And right here is where I want to start landing the plane as we look at Mark chapter 2. Because we now find a house that Jesus is in, and it is full. There is no more room. 
not even outside. And four men carry a paralyzed man on a mat. They get to the house, and I'm so thankful that they didn't look at the house and see the circumstance of it being full and saying, well, we'll just have to come back next time. I've got to leave the same way I came. No, they were too desperate and too determined to see Jesus. And so when there was no way to get through the door, to see the door, they actually said, you know what? That's okay. We'll rip the lid off. And they started digging through the roof of the house to lower the man on the mat to see Jesus. And Jesus was so moved. He looked at them and with their faith and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And while Jesus is trying to minister in the house, there's voices of religion. See, there were religious leaders in that house and they didn't speak, but they thought and they thought, why is this fellow acting like this? Who is he? He's blaspheming. Only, the, only God can forgive sins. But Jesus in his spirit knew what they were thinking. And see, Jesus silenced that voice of religion. And he looked at them and he said, what is easier to say? Get up, take your mat, and go home? Or son, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus, the man, got up. He got up and he walked out of the house carrying the very thing that had him bound. See, it took four men to carry each corner, the territory that confined him, the territory that said, you can go no further than this, the territory that said, oh, you'll always be bound by your shame, the territory that said, oh, you'll always be bound by this condition. But Jesus did not he did not confront his condition. Jesus confronted. He was more concerned about the religious leaders and thoughts that were in the room. So Jesus, he said, I've given you the authority. And I know the Bible doesn't talk too much anymore about the man who he healed on that mat. But I believe he got up and walked out that door. And everywhere he went, he went in the authority of Jesus Christ, proclaiming what Jesus had done for him and, and encouraging others to take up their mat and to walk in the authority that Jesus Christ has given. So why did the man have to be lowered in through the roof or the lid being ripped off? Because when you have been touched by Jesus, it is so supernatural and it goes beyond our comprehension. Jesus went beyond what anyone could have imagined, not only in his miracles, but in his love for us. Jesus came to go beyond the sin and to save the sinner. He went beyond the protocol to reach the one and bring life and hope. He went beyond the law and established the kingdom of heaven. He went beyond the crucifixion to bring healing and remove shame and lack and to bring freedom. He went beyond the wood of the cross to be the wood of sacrifice. He went beyond his precious blood being poured out red so that we could be washed as white as snow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He went beyond death, hell, and the grave so that we could have victory and authority 
and he went beyond the veil so that we could come close and have relationship with the Father. So if I could have the musicians come up. I feel like tonight there are people who have come in here and you have carried your mat. You have carried your mat. You've carried your mat for far too long. But Jesus says, I've been waiting on you. See, just like we have our, all of our presents wrapped under the tree, those presents are not, we're not waiting on the presents. The presents are waiting on us. And Jesus says, I'm here waiting on you tonight. I'm here, I've been here, and I'm waiting to rip the lid off so that you can receive your miracle when we look at our structures, we see ourselves, we're like, this is our head. This is the roof that God, the lid that God is wanting to rip off. Because we are about to step into the year 2023. And Pastor Devin has already heard the word of the Lord and declared that this shall be the year of the bride. So what is God doing right now? He is preparing his bride. And we can no longer be bound by religious thoughts. We can no longer be bound by our past. We can no longer be bound by the way he always did it why do you think we're about to have a 24-hour prayer service because God is going beyond and stretching us he's going beyond our mat and he's saying this is the first of many that don't you better mark my word we are getting ready to step into a supernatural season and the remnant of God is rising and he is preparing us for what he has in store he is preparing us as we're running you might ask the question, why are we running? Why is Pastor Devin running so much? Because he's preparing the bride. He's preparing the bride to go beyond the Jordan. He's preparing the bride to go beyond the seas of Galilee and to take back ter territory that the enemy has stolen over this nation and the nations of the earth. So tonight, whoo. Oh, Shataya Robaya, Hamaya, Dadadio, Shataya Robaya, Daya. God is calling you deeper. He is calling you to come closer. He wants to remind you that He has a track record of faithfulness and goodness over your lives. And you are not bound by what religious, religious leaders have taught you or religious thoughts have said. But He says, come closer and let me speak to you of who I have called you to be. You will walk in authority after this night. So I want to open up these altars. I want to have the prayer teams come, RSM, and I want to invite anyone, anyone that needs the Lord to move in a situation. You may be saying, how can I, how can I get out of debt? Pastor Devin has declared that this will be the year that 23, will, we will be debt free. You better rip that lid off. You better receive the word of the Lord. He will move in ways that you had no idea. You might say, how in the world, how can my marriage survive this? How can we get through this? You better rip the lid off. You better rip the lid off and allow God. How can my, how can my wayward son who's been on drugs for years come back home? You better rip the lid off. He's getting ready to move. How can we have all these campuses? You better rip the lid off. You better rip the lid off and get ready to see the Lord move. So right now, I want to invite you to come. 
I want to invite you to come because I declare you will not walk out in the same way that you came in this place this evening. You will not be bound by that mat. You will carry it and you will walk and show everyone what Jesus Christ has done in your life. So, Father, right now, Lord, I pray that you would move on the hearts of your sons and your daughters. Father, we have heard your word. And Lord, if there's anyone here that needs a touch from you, Father, I have the faith the size of a mustard seed to speak to every mountain in this place and tell it to move. Father, because I have seen you move mountains that I thought were impossible. God, I have seen you move in ways, Father, Lord, that I had no idea how, Lord, things, how you were going to provide or how things, God, Lord, were going to work out. But you have been faithful time and time again. Lord, if there's anyone here that's away from you, I pray, Lord God, that your love would be drawn in. Father, if there's anyone here, God, in this place tonight, Lord, that might be feeling you to call them to do things, Lord God, but they don't know how or they're afraid to step out. Father, I pray that tonight the lid would come up and that clarity and answers, Lord God, would come in. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we glorify your name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen.